0: Uh, Good morning, Four Oaks. I'm Paul I'm the lead pastor. So glad that you are here. This is a special Sunday in the life of Four Oaks Community Church. Two years ago, we set out on a vision and generosity initiative that we called Kept. And as part of this, this sort of vision, we said, you know what? God has kept us. He has saved us by the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. He saved us from our sins. He's given us eternal life for him. Now, how would God have us leverage our lives in this short mist, this short vapor that he's given us? How would he leverage our lives financially, our marriages, our, our families, our jobs, our resources, our time, our gifts, our service? How would he call us to sort of put our chips to the middle of the table and say, God, you know, we know that you've kept us, but you've kept us for a reason. You've kept us for... A purpose. And this morning we get to celebrate the fact that God has done great things. He's always doing great things, but as we think back over these past two years, we want to invite you into that story and celebrate together indeed what God has done in and through the Four Oaks family. If you're a guest with us this morning, great Sunday to be visiting, just to hear the heart of what God is doing here in the life of the church. We'd love to capture your visit if you are a guest. Stop by the guest area on the way out. We have a gift we'd love to give to you. But my task right now is to call us into worship, into a spirit of celebration and gratitude and thankfulness. We're going to read from Psalm 126. You're going to read the underlying portions. Now, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Let's read together. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Let's read. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. For Oaks, the Lord has done great things for us through his son, Jesus Christ. I invite you into that to celebrate, to honor him, to look to him, and to give him praise. Let's continue to sing.
1: Let's lift our voice in grateful praise this morning.
2: Yeah.
3: God's story. It's a story of His amazing work, a story of the enduring grace He's given in our nearly three decades of life together. He's rescued souls. He's reconciled relationships and restored marriages. He's healed. He's provided. He's graced. He's sustained. He's made us a family. He's held our church through years of wandering without a home. For two decades, we met in storefront spaces, school cafeterias, Tupperware supply warehouses, and rented auditoriums. But wherever we've been, we would arrive to find that he was already there. He's preserved us through failed property deals, two to be exact. He's borne us through financial hardship, carried us through crisis, and held us together through seasons of turbulent change. It's really this simple. We have been kept by God, loved, protected, preserved, sustained, enabled, kept. And he's done this not so that we can simply settle. We believe we've been kept for a cause. We stand at a pivotal point in our story, a point where God has positioned us to dream together, to imagine how we might magnify and multiply our gospel impact in Tallahassee and throughout North Florida. By incomprehensible, unfathomable grace, we have been kept by God, kept to gather, kept to give, and kept to scatter. First, we've been kept to gather, to continue the legacy of wise and strategic stewardship of people and places. God meets us when we gather, so we want to do it often. And God has supplied for us places to gather, places to not only worship, but also to sink roots in our communities, to say, we're here to stay. We're not just passing, we're permanent. We've been kept to gather so that we might become an enduring gospel presence. We're also kept to give. We're set in our communities as stewards, called to impact where we live as God's agents of renewal giving away ourselves and our resources to see God's purposes advance, to see the gospel spread, orphans cared for and adopted, to see women in crisis welcomed into homes and loved, and to contend for those who have no voice. Finally, we're kept to scatter, to go and to proclaim Jesus to a world that desperately needs to hear the good news of new life and living hope in Him. We want to see new gospel works established, new preachers and evangelists trained, and new salvation stories written through God's work in the gospel. We see a future where God multiplies our footprint and deepens our impact in Tallahassee and North Florida, where new congregations are rising in our city and churches are planted around us, where Tallahassee shines brighter because we're here. To accomplish this, We need God. We need Him to order our steps. We need Him to provide for our needs, to refresh us with His power. And we need you. We need you to stand with us and say, We've been kept for a greater cause. I'm in. God has kept us for this moment, this purpose. And we believe He is inviting each of us to unite together, to engage together, to give together, and to experience Him together so that His story can be seen and celebrated through the vision of Four Oaks Church.
4: Well, it's been... Two years since we first saw that video and launched our Kept initiative, and God has indeed done great things in and through his church. He's kept us to gather, to give, and to scatter. And so it's my privilege to be able to talk a little bit about Kept to Give. You know, James 1.27 says that pure and undefiled religion before God our Father is to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world, and while Fox has definitely sought to fulfill this call uh, throughout our history, in particular these last couple of years, we wanted to strengthen our resolve to be uh, be, be servants for those, in particular, who are in need and have no voice. And so, um, as a part of this "kept to give" initiative, we we commissioned several deacons to lead out in this way. And so I'm going to ask for our local care team if they would join with me up here. And as they're coming forward, um, I just want to highlight for you some of the different ways that our local care team has really sought to, to lead out in this Give initiative. You know, one, uh, a women's pregnancy center, we have always enjoyed a great relationship with the center. Uh, but these last couple of years in particular, uh, many, of, many of the women who are up here have really sought to, to grow our number of volunteers, donors, um, Uh, just helpers, counselors for the sake of the Pregnancy Center. In addition to that, we've established a financial partnership with the Pregnancy Center of Gadsden County. And uh, that's led by our very own Kim Nelson. And uh, we're super grateful for her leadership and being able to care for those in uh, in our rural areas of Gadsden County to be able to love and serve them as well. Another great thing that uh, this team has has led out is is beginning to establish a local chapter of a nationwide program called Safe Families for Children. If you're not familiar with this, uh, this is a, a great way to be able to come alongside of families who are in crisis before they go into the foster care system. To be able to provide coaching, counseling, care, respite. And just be able to say, hey, we're with you, we're for you, and we want to come alongside of you in this place of need so that you don't get into the foster care system. And so, uh, Lori Mulroney, where is she? There she is. Um, If you are interested in serving with safe families, if you want to serve in one of these key ways, we'd love to have you talk to her after the service um, as we're beginning to launch this initiative forward. And then last but not least, um, I have time to talk about the guardian ad litem. Program, if you're not familiar with this, for those uh, abused and neglected kids who do go into the foster care system, uh, these volunteers really come alongside of those kids to be an independent voice, to speak words of truth, and to care for those kids to make sure that they get the services they need. And, uh, and so, over the last couple of years, we've now have seven volunteers who are giving roughly 10 hours a week to be able to come alongside of these children. And just a, a quick story for you one of our volunteers. Um, she shared about how she was an, an advocate for an infant who had developmental delays. And, uh, and, and so she was able to, to advocate for that child to make sure that um, this child was able to get the services that he needed to, ins- to make sure that he was going to be okay. So things like uh, intervention services, neurological exams, and physical therapy. And now as a result of that, that child is an active, normal child who's, who's playing with musical instruments. And so uh, we are just super grateful for the volunteers. I'm going to ask for Ann. Raise your hand real quick. Uh, she has been a leader for this program for quite some time. And so if you are interested in serving as a volunteer for this strategic initiative, to be that voice for a child uh, who has no voice for themselves, this is a great opportunity to serve. And so you can talk to her after the service as well. Um, Lots of other cool things about this team that I'd love to share if I, if I had time, um, but you can definitely talk to them after the service and ask more. But I'm going to go ahead and ask for our benevolence and care mobilization teams if they would come up as well. And as they do that, um, this, these two teams really come alongside of, of families and individuals who are in need in our church and in our community. And in particular, our benevolence team is really that financial arm that says, "Hey, you know if you have a particular financial need, I wanna, we want to come on and help you, whether it's a medical need or an electric bill, things like that. And so this team, as you guys can see, the, the people who are a part of that, uh, they have provided, over the last year and a half, 20 different grants to families and individuals ranging from 100 to 1,000 dollars to say, "Hey, we're here to help." And not only that, but um, this team also provides counseling and, and budget. Uh, just help for those families um, and individuals and also has been able to train some of you to be able to serve as financial counselors to come alongside of of those families to help. In addition to that, the Benevolence team is responsible for, for dispersing grants to foster care and adoptive families. And so they've given out six different grants as a part of, of, uh, of just our initiative, the Kept to Give initiative. And then last but not least, our Care Mobilization team. Uh, This really provides an opportunity for for us as the body of Christ to come alongside of people who have other needs that kind of fit beyond what our community group does. So things like job help, um, things like handyman repairs, other things that would be able to say, hey, we're we're with you in whatever your particular need is. So even things like helping someone to move. And if you remember, we've had a couple of hurricanes come through. Our care mobilization team was the one that sent out those requests to say, hey, who needs help? Uh, how can we come alongside of you, and then we 're able to mobilize people to go to those homes and to be able to care for those individuals who are in need? Lots of cool stuff. And so we just want to take this opportunity right now to give thanks to each of you who have served as well as each of you who have been a part of this initiative. so let's go ahead and give the Lord a hand. I'm going to pass it on to Rob.
5: Good morning. I want to take a moment just to read to you uh, some verbiage you heard on that video as it relates to kept to give. This is a real en- encapsulation of, of what the vision is uh, for what we're doing here. We're set in our community as stewards called to impact our communities. As God's agents of renewal, giving away ourselves and resources to see God's Purposes advance. Giving away of ourselves and our resources. And that's really what you're seeing up here the giving away of ourselves, all the folks here who have dedicated their time and and using their gifts to help those in need, as well as the resources that the church has put forth to the CAP campaign to see this done. But there's another purpose I wanted to take a moment to highlight. One of the other things you heard in that video was. A purpose in this kept to give is to see that orphans are cared for and adopted. We have a number of families over the past couple of years that have really heard this call, and they have decided to give of themselves, change their life in a whole new way to pour out to the children who need help. We have nine families that have taken this initiative, and I'd like to read their names to you, and as, they, as I read them, I'd like them to come up here and join us. Andrew and Cassie Branch, Jeff and Carissa Davidson, Tim and Trisha Duff, Tom and Grace Graff, uh, Jason and Becca Hollister, Patrick and Riley Landy, Brian and Dee Dee Peacock, Yaakov and Aaron Petcher, and John and Elizabeth Johnson. So you're seeing this picture of giving of ourselves. We also have a picture of the care that has been really put forth to these families from the group that Scott had mentioned. Giving of ourselves also involves care. But we also know that we are called to give of our resources. And one of the things that we've been able to do because of God's blessing is that we've added a line item to our budget to meet the, the needs of the families who are entering into adoption and, and fostering, so that we can give them grants to be able to do what they feel they're called to do. And so, this is just a, a, a wonderful picture of the gospel, of giving a voice to those who don't have a voice, an identity. And I think this is something that we should together give God to thanks right now. So, let's do that. So as we close this time, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer, giving him thanks uh, for what he has done for us. God, you are a good and gracious Father. A Father that desires to give life to those who are dead. A Father who desires to see those in need be cared for. Those without a voice, given a voice. Those without an identity, given an identity. God, we praise you for the work that you have done through all that is represented up here, all these lives, these families, just the sacrifice that has been made to see that your purposes are advanced and the gospel is proclaimed. And so God, our desire is to see you to continue to multiply, to continue to pour out your grace, allow the Holy Spirit to work in the hearts of your people to be inspired to be a part of what you are doing. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: As they make their way back to their seats, would you stand with us? Let's continue this theme of gratefulness and thankfulness to what our God has done, what he's doing here in our midst. Let's respond to that this morning in a song. top, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us, kneeling on this battleground, seeing just how much you've done, knowing every victory with your power in us, scars and struggles on the way, but we our hearts can say yes our hearts can
2: say never
1: can say. say.
0: Lord, you're always faithful to us in the good and the bad and blessing or um, scarcity. So, Lord, we, we don't want to miss that, but we do want to particularly say thank you. You have been amazingly faithful to the Four Oaks family. Lord, we, um, when, we, when we, hear, we sing those words about breathing in your praise, breathing out your grace, Lord, breathing is something obviously we do all the time, continually. And Lord, that's the habit, the rhythm we want to have as your, as your, as your family, that, that we are continually breathing in and out your praise, your grace, your mercies. And So Lord, we just want to pause, park it here just for a second, and, and not run past the fact that you have been amazingly faithful in the life of this church family. Lord, we thank you for that. We don't ever want to take it for granted. Lord, we pray these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And take your seats. As Pastor Scott and Rob were, have been talking about the, the vision of Kept to Give, I want to pivot for a second and talk about that portion of the initiative that we called Kept to Gather. Now, to do this is going to require me to tell, just for a couple of minutes, the, some of the Four Oaks story. And I'm looking out at some of your faces right now, and you're going, oh, no, we've heard this so many times, and we can recite it by heart, to which I want to say, yes, exactly, all right, yes. And for those of you who are new, this is, this is primarily for you, so you kind of know what's brought us to this place. You know, Four Oaks was planted in 1990 and we moved into this facility in 2010. Now, I'm from East Tennessee, but I can tell you that's about 20 years um, that we were, shall we say, nomadic. And and if the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, God gave us a measure of his grace by allowing us to to wander only 20. We we met anywhere and everywhere over um, the face of this city. We met in Plaza 10, which is now a Japanese steakhouse. We met in Gilchrist Elementary, We met in a Tupperware warehouse across the street from Outback. It beckoned us like like a a beacon's call to its smell after church every Sunday. We met across the street at Community Christian School. Some of you were there when we were at Child's High School, a church of 700, packing it up every morning, 5 a.m., loading up, heading up there, being done at 2 p.m. It was an amazing season, but the elders were... Feeling the continual conviction that God, you are—you are you're calling us to have a home base for ministry. We, you know, so, some people in Tallahassee thought we were a cult. They could never find us. We're like hiding, and like there's no signs, and what's going on? And you're trying to be secret, and like, no, no, God, we want to put down roots. We want to establish a presence. We want to be in a neighborhood. We want to have a big sign. That's why the letters on the building here are so big. We want people to know we are here to serve our community, to serve our our neighbors. And we made a decision in 2008 to purchase this facility. It was the Shannon Lakes facility. We own all of this now. And what was interesting is that it took every, every nickel we could rub together to get us purchased and sort of on this property. But we had a problem. And the problem was that this place was not outfitted like a church. It was, it was outfitted like a grocery store. It was, in fact, the former food lion. And you've heard me say this before, the Petchers and the Wilsons are sitting in the frozen food section, and I can still kind of smell it from that area. We had to like pop the roof off this thing and build a building within a building, and we knew we needed to raise $3 million. And, and we said, God, how are we going to do that? We're just a little church that could. I mean, how is, this, how is this going to happen? And we appropriately named that initiative the Impossible Tour, because obviously with 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 God, all things are possible. With us, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. And I I still remember launching out that initiative in the fall of 2008. Now, do you remember what was happening in the fall of 2008? All of your IRAs were melting down like like bricks of gold, right? I mean, the economy was collapsing, markets were collapsing, and we're sitting there at Child's High School going, Yay, we're going to raise $3 million. And all I can tell you, and it's a whole nother story, is that God did things that were, and pastors throw superlatives around like this all the time, but they were truly, truly supernatural. People selling businesses, people getting inheritances, people leveraging everything they had. And and by God's grace, we were able to move into this facility in, in January of 2010. We need to know, we need to remember that people gave, people gave sacrificially for us to get in this place. And it has really helped fulfill a vision that we had that, that Four Oaks would be sort of a third place. In other words, people hang out at their homes, people hang out um, at their work, but where do they go when they're not one of those two places? And we said, you know what, we want to be a, a, a neighborhood church, a facility that draws people in. And by God's grace, he's given us partner tenants that have, that have helped us do that. So the Living Harvest, which is a thrift store, provides jobs for uh, formerly incarcerated men who committed nonviolent crimes. What a great partnership. Play Big Ministries, who, who is a business oriented to helping and serving special needs family, just really congruent with our own vision. CHOP is a great place to go get a haircut. I go there once every 10 years. It's my, one of my favorite things. They polish the dome right up. No, seriously, like that's the place where you go meet some folks. And um, we love we love hanging at the place. And of course, Maple Street Biscuit. And if you missed the reception this morning, all I can tell you is probably one of the, the more catastrophic mistakes of your life that you probably won't ever forget until heaven. But no, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. But what a great partner they've been for us. People coming in. I can't tell you how many people have said, you know what? How'd you find out about Four Oaks? Well, I drive by out every day. Or I came into Maple Street, or I got my hair cut, or I was at the Living Harvest. And that is a... That is, that is what we dreamed about. That's what we asked and prayed for God to do. But moving into the future, we, there was a couple of decisions we had to make in 2010. One, we had to take out a, a couple of rather large loans and things that banks would not even dream of doing these days. But it was just kind of part of the, part of the fabric, a whoop and wharf of what we had to do. And so we recognized a few years ago for us to be viable as a church family. For us to, to, to be faithful stewards, we needed to begin to aggressively, strategically pay down um, that debt. We wanted to get to a place where it was no longer the burden that it was. It would free up monies for ministry and adoptions and planting churches. And so we, we launched this kept campaign, and we said, we are kept, God we know God has kept us together. So by God's grace, we want to pay down the loan, uh, one of the loans on this building. In addition, there's other things you, you, we want you to do, God. So Kept to Give, you heard about some of those initiatives. We Midtown, our second congregation, you'll hear more about them shortly, they needed money for, for a new facility. Um, we wanted to be able to plant churches, start other congregations. There were all these swirling ministry priorities. And we said, Four Oaks, let's enter a season in which we're asking God to do great things. And we're coming to the end of that two-year period. I just want to kind of update you on what God has done financially at Four Oaks Church. During the 2015 and 16 ministry years, um, you gave, by the grace of God, about three point, almost $3.9 million. That's between the two congregations. And we said, what could you do above and beyond that? Or maybe you're someone who's been here but has never got invested, never had any sort of ownership or stake or claim in, in this church family, would you, be, would you consider just partnering with us financially for the first time? And so what has happened over these past two years is, is nothing short of just, and again, pastors throw out these, these terms, just supernatural. Our giving went up about 25% over the past two years. You guys pledged $1.3 million, and for some reason, you gave $1.348, okay? So whoever scratched out that $48,000 check, God bless you, okay? Thank you. No, we, we, you have given above and beyond to where we are in a position now, and this will kind of give you a sense of how we've allocated those funds that have come in. Number one, we have been able to pay off the Kalarn loan. If you can go to the next slide. There we go. The Kalarn load, $875,000 paid off. Guys, let's thank the Lord for that. <laughs> We've been able to set aside $350,000 for Midtown's future home, wherever, wherever that may end up being. Third congregation, we said, God, you, we know you want us to establish gospel presences in this, in this city. So we're able to set aside $150,000 for that. Community outreach, all the things that you were hearing about earlier with Scott and Rob, um, we have been able to commit to spending as part of our budget $30,000 over the next five years. And then benevolence, what an amazing surprise of this, of, this, of this campaign. We had some people come forward to say, you know what, we want to help provide for the needs of the church. We want to have an ongoing fund that is available to the Four Oaks family to help those who lose their job or in a financial crisis. And we indeed have seen God do some amazing things. First of all, let me say a couple things. One, this campaign ends at the end of March. So there's, I mean, the end of of this month. There's still, if you want to make gifts to that campaign, you still can do that. But let me tell you as your pastor what I think is one of the huge wins. It's not just the the sheer amount of dollars that were raised it was how many of you who before were maybe not giving or not giving at a sacrificial level or not vested how God has called you to partner in the gospel of grace to 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 share in the joy of of generosity and of giving you know i always say that generosity is the fuel of the gospel we know the holy spirit gives life but generosity is the fuel of the gospel we see this in the ministries of Jesus and of Paul and missions and church planting. And, and what has been just super encouraging is to see how some of you have said, you know what, this is my family. And because it's my family, I want to contribute. I want to serve. I want to give financially, sacrificially through my gifts, through my service. And so today, when, as we take our offering, as we do every week during this time, This is an invitation that God once again gives us to enter into the joy of giving, the joy of generosity. Guys, Paul says, James says, excuse me, that our life is like what? A mist. It is a vapor. And he's entrusted some stuff to us, some more than others, so that we could leverage that for things that last eternally. Guys, this is all going up in smoke one day. All the stuff we have, we're not taking any of it with us. The only two things that will last forever are the word of God and people's souls. And so when we give, we're making a testament loud and clear to our our friends, our neighbors, our culture to say we're not living for this life only. There's a greater joy that awaits us in heaven and we want to bring people along with us into that to know Jesus. So thank you. Thank you, Four Oaks for listening to the Holy Spirit, responding to Him. I invite our ushers to come forward to take our offering, and as they do, let me pray for us and commit these gifts to Him. Lord, we're just astounded, we're amazed, we're blown away by the fact that You've called a people here as a part of this family at Four Oaks to give sacrificially, to to invest their resources, time, money, energies into something that will never fade, and that is people's souls. So Lord, again, take these gifts, continue to multiply them, continue to to use them to to build the body of Christ, to reach the lost for Jesus. Thank you for the generosity that you have worked in the heart of the people of Four Oaks. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
6: I can sing all is mine Yet not I But through Christ in me The night is dark But I am not forsaken For by my side. for it.
0: More piece of the story, and have a sneak preview of this one. We did this in the first service, and um, I think it's something that you're really going to enjoy and praise God for. There was a final piece to the kept initiative. It was called "kept to scatter," and to understand this piece, need to return to the Four Oaks story just for a moment. When we moved to this facility, we we had kind of a moniker, a motto that we repeated to our people. And it, and it went something like this. God, God has not called us to be sort of ecclesiastical settlers. Do you know what I mean by that? We're not here just to be another church on the northeast side of town that's all about itself and its programs and it's nice and safe and clean and, and insular and focused on its needs. No, 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 no. We want to be gospel pioneers. We want this to be, Cullarne, to be sort of a home base, a launching off point in which to spread out all over Tallahassee. We didn't want to be a, a come and see sort of church where we kind of park it right here and tell everybody to come see us. We wanted it to be a go and tell church. And, and, and the, the strategy, the framework that we adopted to sort of implement this vision um, was one of being a multi-congregational church. So in other words, we wanted to establish congregations all across the landscape of Tallahassee, Things, congregations that were rooted in communities that could reach the people that were five and ten minutes away, neighbors, friends, people you could bring to church with, not drive, have to drive across town. And the vision here was that we were going to do this, though, as one church, One church on mission deployed across Tallahassee. And so it was about five and a half, six years ago that we launched our second congregation, our Midtown congregation, Four Oaks Midtown. And by God's grace, that congregation is really thriving. They are 350 plus folks. They're bursting at the seams. They keep having little children. They don't know how this is happening. And so we're trying to explain it to them. But they've been going at it and, and and by God's grace, they are reaching people we never would reach. People that are that are a different demographic and a different section of town and young folks, college students, and it's it's an amazing it's an amazing story. But to understand again what brings us to this point, because we really were feeling like, you know what, God, we we feel like there's another congregation or two that are left in us. You know, here at Calorin, we have been blessed immeasurably. I'm looking out over the church family and seeing financial resources. Um, Many of you have walked with the Lord for decades. You you have gifts. You you lead, and we're like we just we want to we want to spread that out. We want to we want to deploy that strategically for the sake of the gospel. And so, to understand kind of what's brought us to this point this morning and and where we're heading next, you need to hear a second story, and this is the story. Of Josh Hughes. Now, I met Josh, much to his chagrin, right there in 1997. I was in the first service. I said he was an angsty teenager. Um, I don't think that was exactly accurate, Josh. You were just a teenager that didn't like me. I think that was basically it. And I understand that. I understand that. Josh was a part of, of the youth ministry here at Four Oaks. He's a he's a lifer, as we call them here at Four Oaks. In 2000, though, I went out to lunch with Josh, and we went to a place called Wings where they served really bad sports bar food. And, um, and I, I sort of asked Josh as I was getting to know him, hey, Josh, I know you've got some musical gifts. What do you think about volunteering and serving as part of the um, of Four Oaks youth praise team, like lead a bunch of 10th graders and singing songs and playing, and what do you think about that? And he thought about it, and he jumped in, got involved, and by God's grace, that began a 20-year and, Lord willing, many more decades partnership with Josh. Um, Josh came on the pastoral team as the worship pastor in 2007. Um, he, there he is. He um, uh, led worship faithfully for, here for, for many, many years before transitioning into the, into the executive pastor role here and then along the way, something began to happen. Some of y'all, and I knew it was, it was happening because you'd come up to me and say, you know, Pastor Paul, Josh, Pastor Josh can really preach. Why don't you kind of like go on a five-year vacation kind of thing? And so it was like, okay, I got your, I got your, your drift loud and clear, loud and clear. But, but there was this stirring within Josh to lead and teach. And I have to tell you that along the way, probably 2004, when we were we were doing college ministry, and Josh was leading worship and college ministry. Uh, he met a young lady in the college group. This was nothing unethical or illegal, okay? They're both legal adults. There she is, Katie Wallace, who is now Katie Hughes. They have four beautiful children. And in fact, I'm going to invite Josh and Katie to join me up here on stage. And as they do, we, as we labored over, God, where are you calling us next? in terms of being a multi-congregational church. In in a lot of ways, it was the biggest no-brainer of all time. And Katie, yeah, that's, I am with sinner. Yeah, that's what it says, yeah. Yeah, she's with sinner, all right. But it was kind of a no-brainer. It's like, God, East is a growing part of our county and city, and there's not a ton of churches out there, And, and we have a gifted young man who can preach and lead. Hmm, I wonder what we should do. And it took a while to get there. It took two or three, four years of praying and strategizing and thinking, how do, how do we go about doing this? What's, what's the best way to, to proceed? And um, so this past season, really the past six months, um, Josh has been raising up a core team. They have been meeting um, uh, sporadically over at Appalachie Elementary, uh, which is next to Lincoln High School. There's been a core group of 40 folks or so, some from here, some from Midtown, uh, they've been doing um, kind of what we kind of call, you know, soft launches or 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 preview services of just kind of working out the kinks. And um, but their first Sunday as a as a congregation of Four Oaks Church is going to be next Sunday. It'll be the public launch, February tenth. And so we're super excited about that. And if you want, just just to to get a little a sneak preview of 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 what they have been doing. I'm gonna direct your attention to this video. And as, as we do, I'm gonna ask the East Core team to join us up here up front, please. I, I told Josh, um, if he had a mic, he could share with us how he's lost just a couple of pounds through some of those, those pictures. And um, well done, my man, well done. Because one of the things I, I am just super excited about with this congregation, because each congregation at Four Oaks takes on a distinctive identity, right? It wants to look like its neighborhood and the people that are around it. Um, East Tallahassee, this particular section of East Tallahassee by Lincoln High School is a real underserved area of our city. Um, it's a m- much more diverse portion of our city. And what an amazing opportunity that, that this congregation, the East Congregation, has in partnering with Appalachia Elementary. They love the fact that, that we're there. They, they, they're inviting us in to help with tutoring and mentoring and all sorts of things. And, and we're just really excited to see what God is going to do um, with this work. Um, invite our elders to come up here because we are going to commission and lay hands on Josh and Katie and the East Corps team and pray for them and send them out. And as they're making their way up here and kind of joining me around, make a little, a little semicircle, circle um, we have a gift we want to give to the to the Hughes. Now, you've seen this gift once already, but one thing, and, and let's bring this out, but one thing you, you didn't see during the first service is that, and John, can you help me with this one? Thank you. Um, or, there we go. It's, it says East. Um, it's rusty. John will have to wash his hands after this. But the Four Oaks logo, 21019. And Josh and Katie, this is signed on the back by all of your core team members, okay? And so, by God's grace, we want to give this to you. And we can pass it unless you want to let Katie hold it. Okay, there we go. Okay. Thank you. But... Josh and Katie, as you hang that in your your house that you'll at some point move into out east, remember that part of our heart goes with you. We are truly one church. Because one of the things that's particularly meaningful um, about this is the personal side for me. Because it's been an amazing thing, Josh, to see the transformation of roles that you have gone through and how our relationship has changed over these years. Twenty years, you came in as a student, and I was a pastor. Um, Then you were a volunteer, and and I was the mean youth group leader who like told you things to do. But then you became a staff worship leader, and then I was sort of like boss. But then you became a pastor, and you were a partner in the gospel. And now, as you're going off to lead with Katie. You are, in fact, truly a peer. And one thing that has been a constant through all of that, Josh, is that you have been the dearest of friends. And so on behalf of Four Oaks, let me just say, I love you. We love you. Um, we, we send you out only with a smidge of bitterness in our hearts that you're abandoning us in our hour of need. No, guys, I, you don't know. I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. This is, this is what it's all about. You know, Tim Keller, you've heard me say this many times. In order for the kingdom to go forth, some of us are going to have to say goodbye. You know, and, and you're not going to Iceland, you know, or Greenland or something. I mean, you're going to East Tallahassee. We'll see you on Christmas Eve, or we have a meeting this week, I know. Anyway, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see each other, office together for a while. But in a very real sense, these core team members are having to say goodbye to something, whether at Midtown or Killarn, relationships, community groups, um, places they've invested their lives as it should be. Guys, we're going to have a ton of time to spend together in heaven. Do you know that? Just a ton of time. You know, for all eternity, we'll all get to know each other so, so well, which is why in this life, we just want to spend a little bit of time and say, God, let's say goodbye so that we can see more people enter his kingdom. Um, I'm going to ask, um, Pastor, would you pass the microphone to to Dave Fiore? Dave, would you mind praying for... um, for Josh and Katie and, and elders. Let's all lay hands on them. Let's pray for the core team as well. Dave, can you do that? Thanks.
7: Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning so grateful, so grateful for your work and faithfulness and mercy to us as a church family. And um, we are incredibly proud and grateful and, and um, excited to partner with Josh and Katie and the core team. For uh, Four Oaks East, we have seen your hand in this from the beginning, as we've seen as you've raised Josh up and, and led and um, prepared him for this time. And we just ask you that you be with them, that you lead him, that you give them um, wisdom and mercy, and that your hand be with them in everything they do. We ask um, that you soften the hearts of those in, um, in East Tallahassee. This is a unique opportunity to reach these people. And we thank you for, for leading us to this point. And now as uh, they move forward and they proudly and, and, um, and, and as they pr- um, profess your word and the gospel um, in this part of the community, we just ask that you be with them and you guide them in every decision and give them wisdom and, um, and, the, and the energy that it will take to do this. And we're incredibly grateful and thankful. We just ask that you be with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Guys, let's thank Josh for his 20 years of service at Foro Community Church. You can remain standing and we're going to close our worship service with song.